before you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. While she drops another casual line. You're tuned into Casually Molly with Molly and Boogie. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergy. Uh, for our returning listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again. Uh, for anybody that's new to the podcast, I am a comedian and playwright based in St. Louis, Missouri. And every other week, we interview comedians, entertainers, chefs, anybody just with an interesting story. Uh, but not just anybody today, because we have, he is a Virginia-born and Maryland-raised country musician. Give it up for Mark Taylor, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how your day's been going? <laughs> well, the pollen's terrible. I'm in North Carolina right now, and apparently, so I'm from Baltimore originally, but apparently I missed the wave of, like, when I came down here to college, we just get slammed with pollen, like, three months earlier than it seems like everyone else does. So, you know, the pollen's a mess right now. My car's covered. I just got it washed yesterday, but, you know, other than that, pretty good. Uh, my sinuses want to explode, but... Other than that, it's been a pretty you know, regular case of the Mondays for college, but I'm here and my day got so much better seeing you guys. Oh, no, that's what I was about to say, Mark. It made my day. Uh, you didn't see this, which is the uh, power of editing and having a great tech team over at Midcoast Media, but uh, Mark was very patient. Uh, tonight, I am recording from my dining room. He's at college, uh, which, by the way, congratulations. You graduate in three weeks. Is that correct? That's right. Thank you so much. Graduated from Wake Forest University over here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, but it's been a crazy four years, but finally finishing up uh, May 16th, about three weeks, something like that. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, it was like three, four, two, you know, we, anyway, it's, it's an accomplishment. So <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, so I'm really excited to talk with you. Uh, speaking of your music, uh, two of the songs that I've been introduced by uh, Nicole Zeller uh, from uh, Brickshore Media, e the one of them is I'm Down, and then the other one is Buzzed on a Boat, which we will hear later. Um, I wanted to tell you, I know I said this a little bit earlier, but for the listeners, you have a really beautiful voice. Um, it looks like on your website, your style has blending between country, rock, and pop. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and what got you into those genres? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's kind of a kind of a weird and funny story how I got all over the place. But, you know, I started when I was five or six years old. I picked up a guitar for the first time and my dad was playing in a classic rock cover band. So I would get up on stage with him and, you know, play this guitar that was bigger than me up on stage with my dad. And, you know, from there, I just really found a love for it. Uh, and then, you know, I turned 12 or 13 years old and realized that I could make some money doing this. So I played in my first ever show when I was like 13 years old, something like that. And it was at my local pool for $50 for four hours. And I thought I made a million bucks. Um, and I never looked back. My, my parents helped me carry all my stuff into the venue. Uh, you know, fast forward, to, I'm 22 now. I've played over, oh God, over a thousand live shows all over the world, opening up for folks like Big and Rich and Wiz Khalifa, Matt Dillon, and some other just really amazing artists. And it's been really cool. But, you know, I started you know, seriously considering this as a career, you know, in high school, I was playing in garage bands and, you know, anyone that would let me play guitar and sing for him. So, you know, I've been in every classic rock cover band. I've been in alternative rock cover bands. I was in a touring jazz band for a while. I was a Frank Sinatra impersonator for a little while in a big band. Um, I did 
uh, full country band stuff, I, ev kind of everything in between. And then I kind of settled on country music. But I've been around music for a while, uh, seriously, for the last you know nine or 10 years. And I've just really loved all of it. But I've kind of, my musical influences have been shaped with kind of all of the music I've been a part of. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. First of all, I, I knew because I had read on your website, of course, uh, which everybody should check out, excuse me, marktaylorofficial.net. Um, it is so impressive. I grew up listening to Big and Rich. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and then of course, like Wiz Khalifa, that's amazing. Um, and then you've obviously these experiences propelling you into country music. Uh, what was it like kind of working with, or not kind of, you actually worked with probably some of your childhood heroes. What was it like meeting them in person surreal i mean just I, i've i've been a, obviously and most country music fans have been a big fan of big and rich forever um but you know it was cool because i grew up listening to lone star and john that was john rich's first band and then you know they kind of came up and he started the big and rich deal and it was wild i mean i found out for that performance i found out 72 hours maybe ahead of time that they needed someone to open for them and i was down here at college and the uh, gentleman called me and said if you can get to baltimore now uh, you got to leave today. You got to come up here. We got to do a bunch of stuff. You can you can open for them. I'm like, great. Just packed up my stuff uh, in my in my car and drove six and a half hours north uh, without knowing any details whatsoever. They just said, come. I said, okay, I'll be there. Uh, so we went up and, you know, they were just the most gracious guys in the world. They were just so nice. And we, we still, their management team and I still stay in touch every once in a while. But, you know, they were such great guys. We were just hanging out, having a great time and having dinner and you know, having a couple of beers and stuff like that and just really getting to know each other. But, you know, they were just really awesome. And that was, that was kind of my first big time opening shot for anyone. So that was really kind of cool for me to look around and be like, Oh my God, it's just me up here and they're coming up next. I got to be the ones that introduced him. Like it was, it was the coolest thing in the world. And you know, something that I didn't know was going to happen because I, I, the, I, the phone call was just so surreal. I was like big, big and who? And they're like big and rich. I'm like, Oh my God, that's actually who we're talking. Okay. Yeah. I, I know who they are. Don't worry. And you know, I went up, but it was, um, you know, just the coolest thing in the world. And I've had the good fortune of being able to, you know, meet a lot of my childhood heroes over the last, particularly three or four years here. And especially in country music for me, I just get so giddy every time I walk around some of these people. And it's really hard for me to contain. I, it's, it, But it's so much fun. I, I literally would not trade this job for the world. No, I, I, that is so cool. I had no idea that you kind of just had to drop everything and then all of a sudden be like, okay, I got to get there, uh, which is amazing. Uh, what were the songs? Did you play like cover songs for them? Did you play original songs? What was your style? It was a mix of both, which was really fun. They let me kind of play some of my stuff. Uh, covered a couple Brett Young tunes, and then I was talking to Brett a couple months ago about it, and he was like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, but, you know, it's it was kind of a mix of everything uh, from, you know, everything from country to a little bit of pop, a little bit of rock, and some of my stuff as well. But at that time, we didn't really have a ton of music out, so it was really – like, they really called me on a whim. I should not have been able to do this. Uh, but they, they called me up, and they trusted me with it, and they said, if you can put a show together, you can have the spot. I was like, great. So – you know, we threw a couple of the songs. Ironically, I'm down and buzzed on a boat. We're on that set list, and we played a couple other ones as well. But again, just such a surreal experience, and just it was amazing getting to see how people that have really been successful in the industry get to do it every day. Oh, absolutely, and it obviously gives you like such a, a warm feeling in your heart as well, knowing that you, even though like 
you know, Big and Rich is very famous and stuff. And, you know, being around that, you know, at the end of the day, everybody shares that love for music. So I'm really happy that you got to experience that. So thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, I know you had mentioned too, uh, you are always around your father, you know, doing music. It mentions on your website, you said, I grew up playing alongside my biggest musical influence, my father. Uh, so it was a classic rock cover band that you were playing a part of. That's really awesome. <laughs> Super fun, you know, he just, and they get up and they still do it, I mean, to this day. So they probably started when I was five or six and I'm 22 now, so it's at least 15 or so years they've been doing this. But, you know, they get up together once a month and it's, you know, four or five guys and they get up and they, they play for beer money and they have a great time. They just love to be together and, you know, they play the same like two or three local bars in Baltimore and it's the same crowd that comes out and it's always fun. There's always just a million people around hanging out to all hours of the night. But, you know, he that's how that's how he, uh, you know, has done it for a long time and he's really Really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, from the time I was two, he was cutting down guitars and building me guitars that were just, you know, yay big so I could hold it in my hands and strum nonsense. And then finally by, you know, four or five, he's showing me how to play chords and by five or six, I'm playing up with him. And there's there's a picture of me somewhere on my Instagram page. I don't know if I took it down or not, but I was literally six years old and the guitar is three times the size of me. And I'm wearing a green tie-dye shirt with Crocs and with a bowl cut around it here. And it is like, and that needs to be an album cover for something one day. I don't even care what it is, but it's the funniest picture in the world. But yeah, I mean, he really inspired me. I mean, that's that's the music I, I grew up on, you know, old Eagles records and old Queen records. And my, my grandfather actually put a jukebox. We bought my, my, my parents bought my grandparents' house. He left an old jukebox from 19, I want to say 79 or 80 uh, in my basement with the wow. original 45s in it. So, you know, everything from journey to elton john to the eagles and i just sit down there for hours and click the next button and that's how i learned to play music at first was just listening to these old records and you hear the scratches and you hear the imperfections from the vinyl and that's just that's why i'm such a big you know kind of analog and vinyl guy to this day but you know it's it was a really cool upbringing and not one that many people can kind of say oh i grew up you know in this day and age on a lot of those kind of old classic records but you know, that's the first record I ever listened to is Desperado for the Eagles and all the way through I can, you know, that that's my one of my favorite records of all time and I'm a huge Eagles fan but but yeah, that's um that's kind of the upbringing but that's how it got started, I would say. All right, that's awesome. No, I uh, when I got engaged, we actually went to a classic rock cover band concert. So I was like, I'm really intrigued about this and I love classic rock too. We've had a lot of really cool people who have been interested in that. Uh, but you know, speaking of, you know, your beginning, now you're here. Uh, what I loved about your voice and even your writing, which really surprises me that you're 22, is that there's such a, and I mean this in the most respectful and loving way, there's such a maturity about your writing and your voice. Uh, what's your, like, I guess, you know, a lot of different musicians will say this differently, but what's your style per se, or uh, like, what is your way of being able to sit down and write your own music? Absolutely. You know, I've been I've been really blessed over the last year and a half to have just some of the best co-writers in the industry uh, work with me, which has been really fun. And the ironic part is the record that's out right now, I want to say I, I wrote by myself for all but two of those. So like that was really kind of me really developing my craft. And there's a lot of songs. The oldest song is like five or six years old on that thing. And then there are some of them, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, Buzz on a Boat, I wrote like three days before the album came out. So like that's a whole weird kind of conglomerate of music for that. But, you know, for me, it's a lot of just trying to connect with people and connect with myself, which is often the hardest thing, because like you said, I am 22. So I haven't seen a lot of things personally yet, but that's when I really lean on those co-writers because I feel like I can say something 
it may not be what everyone else is thinking, but that's where I find my advantage necessarily because the whole point of music and writing music and especially in country music, you want to take that connection and say it differently, take that feeling and say it in a different way that means something. So that's, that's why I feel like a lot of, you know, co-writers and I get along really well is because, you know, they bring a lot of these experiences to the table and I'm trying to think of these new and fresh and different ways to say something. And, you know, that's honestly what we did with Amy Stewart, who wrote the song Knock on Wood. I just wrote her latest single. It's out on radio right now. Perfectly beautiful. So that was another way for her, uh, you know, coming out of this kind of period in her life that she wanted to totally shift and she came to us and for the people in the publishing company and said you know we really want to do something different something that hasn't been said before and the kind of this uplifting anthem and you know we wrote the song in about two and a half hours perfectly beautiful and it it went over to her and she absolutely loved it right away and changed a few things here and it was that now it's out to radio so it's like that totally fresh and new way of saying things because i haven't heard the term perfectly beautiful before but like that's, I, you know, it's not something that's often said, but now that you kind of get using it a little bit more, you're like, okay, that's definitely something someone could say. And that's, in my opinion, why I love that song so much. But for me, it's all about saying something fresh and a new spin on something that no one's ever heard before. But yeah, that, that's kind of how I like to do things. Um, I'm kind of neurotic when it comes to writing. So, I, you know, there's certain days that I'll do it at specific times. I got to be in this whatever spot. You know, I, I get inspired in different ways, but it's super fun. And that, like I said, I, I owe a lot of it to my co-writers. I have some of the best co-writers in the industry, and I, I would not trade those relationships for the world. Oh, I love that. And I it's perfectly beautiful. I'm going to say that all the time now. I got to look up this song. I can't wait. <laughs> Uh, speaking of your music, uh, Buzzed on a Boat, uh, we're going to play it at the end of the episode, obviously, for anybody that's uh, listening or watching, of course. Uh, but I'll ask you, what was the story behind writing that song? That song was hilarious. So I actually didn't come up with the title to that. I, um, obviously, everyone knows Drunk, or, I'm Drunk on a Plane is a very popular commercial country song. And, you know, my, my mom and my sister during quarantine, we had all, there were five of us in the house and my dog. Um, up in Baltimore, everyone got sent home from colleges, wherever we were all locked in this house, like everyone pretty much was. And the reason this whole record happened, one, the record I put out uh, back in, I think it's October now, gosh. Um, but I wrote that record because I was so sick and tired of being around my family and there was literally nothing else. <laughs> So I was like, you know, I, I got to do something. And my mom and my sister had been bugging me for months and months and months and months and months. Write a song called Buzz on a Boat. That'd be hilarious. Oh, it'd be so funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Finally, we are uh, sitting on a beach uh, between Christmas and New Year's in Florida visiting uh, some friends down in the southwest part of Florida. And my sister looks at me. And I, I had had a few beverages at this point, And she looks over at me and goes, huh. So I guess you're not talented enough to write a song called Buzzed on a Boat, huh? And when your, you know, 18 months younger than you sister looks at you and goes, I guess you're not good enough, you're going to turn around and go, hell yes, I am. So I, I sat on the beach with nothing. I had not even a piano app on my phone. I just wrote notes. And in my mind, I was composing the song. So I knew what key I wanted to do it in. I knew what chord progression I wanted. I just started writing the lyrics down. Um, and I remember I sat there and I said, here, my sister's name is Caroline. Here, Caroline, I did it. Look at this. And I showed it to her. She goes, all right, it's probably terrible. Play it for me later. And we totally forgot about it. So then <laughs> three months later, I'm sitting in this very chair right now in a very boring class at Wake. And I won't out which one it was, but I, it's very boring. And I'm sitting there like, I do not want to be here right now. So I'm just aimlessly scrolling through my phone because I'm bored out of my freaking mind. 
I stumble across a song called Buzz on a Boat that I had totally forgotten about. And the record, like, was the record was set to come out in a little while. We had our singles picked. Like, it was it was all ready to go. And um, I remember opening this notes app, and I'm reading it, and I'm like, what is this song? I have no idea what the heck this is. And, you know, I started kind of playing the chords that I had written. I have a piano in front of me, so I'm sitting here kind of doing this on the piano. I'm like, well, this isn't half bad. And then I, I kept going, and I'm like, all right, maybe we got something here. And I sent it over to my producer and he was like, this is the single, we're recording it today. I was like, okay. So we, uh, he goes and he does all the tracks for it. I tracked the vocals here that day. A couple days later, Buzz on a Boat's done. Sent it over to uh, my publicist, Nicole, who was doing a lot of this stuff for the album. She was like, that's the single. That's the first one. I'm <laughs> like, all right. So lo and behold, I believe it was May 28th, which is almost, it's almost a year, but eh, 11 months ago, something like that. We put out Bust on a Boat, a song that I had written and totally forgot about. And it did super well. And it was, it was so cool to see, you know, all the press behind the release and all the drama. It was just, it was so cool to see all that stuff come out. But yeah, I mean, the moral of that story is that write stuff down on your phone because I had totally forgotten about that. And my mom and my sister to this day will not let me forget that they came up with the title to that song. So credit to that. <laughs> and yeah, shout out to uh, Mark's mom and sister. Uh, this interview would not be possible without the men <laughs> since we're playing Buzz on a Boat at the end of this interview. I love it. Well, obviously the press, we're on board with it. Uh, but I got to ask you, are your mom and your sister, are they fans of the song? Are they happy with the outcome of it? Oh, they love it. They, the minute it came out, and maybe that's just them telling me because I'm related to them, but they, they, at least they tell me they love it. So, you know, take, take that <laughs> with a grain of salt, if you will. But it's uh, no, it's a super fun song. And that honestly, right now, we're trying to push it a little bit for a comeback just because it did really well the first time. And, you know, I'm, I'm in North Carolina right now. It's freaking hot down here right now. So the only thing I want to go do is get buzzed on a boat. So I'm like, you know, why not push this again? So that's what we're doing a little bit of a push right now to see if we can get some folks to, uh, you know, get buzzed on a boat with our song. But but yeah, I, my, my parents love that song. My sister loves that song. So it's been really cool. Awesome. Well, now I'm inspired. Well, we were going to play I'm Down, which everybody should still listen to. And I'm about to ask you about that one in a second. Yeah. Uh, but then Nicole literally today was like, hey, can we actually do Buzzed on a Boat because it's getting towards summer? And I was, we were all like, okay, yeah, sure. And I listened to it. And I was like, love this song too. So this will work just fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, speaking of I'm Down, what I loved about that song, and we'll talk about the story behind that as well, you have a uh, an acoustic version of that yes. song, too. Uh, what made you decide, I guess, you know, this is an interesting question in the sense of that, um, what makes you decide as an artist when to maybe take a song? Because uh, I know in studio you can add different uh, background music and things like that. What makes you decide that you want to play a song acoustically? Sure. Uh, you know, well, the cool part about I'm Down, and I won't give too much of the story away first, but that song was actually my first top 20. So that was, there was a country chart that went all the way up to number 11 on. So that song absolutely soared up and it was quick. So we were like, all right, we got to do something with this. Um, and the momentum was so good that, you know, sitting down with my team, we just kind of sat there and we were like, we need to do something. What can we do? And Nicole had been pitching this idea. Let's do an acoustic single. Let's do an acoustic single for so long. And finally, I was like, all right, we're going to do it. And she was like, OK, great. So then we jumped in the studio with Leland Grant down there in Nashville, who's done, I mean, Chris Young, Dan and Shay, Rachel Bradshaw. He's done everyone. And, we, you know, he and I got together and. We kind of have figured out how we want to arrange it. I was only in town for like 24 hours. So I'm like, we had to finish it that day. And 
we kind of sat down and did it. But you no, know, the cool part about doing an acoustic version is that it's different from the original version, which was very intentional. So we wanted to kind of add some different elements to it, not just in the you know production side of it, because obviously we stripped everything down and there's no electric guitars, just acoustic guitars, a little bit of piano, a little bit of a box drum, something like that. But you know, we added different harmonies, we added different background parts, we added you know different words in some places to make it a little bit more fresh, uh, different vocal stuff throughout the whole thing. So it was cool because fans got to see a different side because a lot of you know you listen to my songs it's like okay this kid you know he's gonna get up there with a full band it's gonna be this kind of pop country show whatever but there's there's a lot more to that song than that and leland did it did an incredible job bringing all of that out in the production of the i'm down acoustic version but you know i, I i'm in love with the first version too simon reed my first producer he he really killed it with that first version of i'm down as well but yeah it's just trying to give the fans something a little bit extra something a little bit more and the fans love that one too so that was really really fun for us yeah, I was going to say I loved both versions because I heard the one with that wasn't acoustic, obviously, the non-acoustic first. And then when I heard the acoustic, what I liked about it, it also shows another side of you. There's always something about just having a guitar and going to the roots of, you know, country music. So I really appreciate you showing both sides of you. And as a consumer of music, it's always cool to get to learn about an artist on you know different levels of interest and variety uh which speaking of variety you have like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast you've worked with some really big names uh one i really am interested in learning about is uh you worked with wiz khalifa who's very yeah. much known for rap what was it like working with a different genre i know you've had like you said you worked with the jazz band and you have done like work with about like yeah. frank sinatra music and whatnot yeah. uh, what was it like working with a genre that wasn't necessarily what you do on a regular basis it was totally a different feel and it, it was it was totally different crowd totally different feel totally different everything but that was one where intentionally I sat down and said, I want to do a stripped down acoustic show. I was the act before him on a pretty big lineup. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, I want to do this. Um, and I, I want to see what happens because this is not the opportunity that I thought, you know, it's, it's whenever you hear, oh, we got opening act, like, okay, great, sign me up. And then, you know, you kind of see, you're like, Wiz Khalifa. Okay, that's, that's totally different from what I'm used to. So still great music and it was still an awesome show. But, you know, that was really cool for me because the fans appreciated it more that I was there with the guitar and I sat down and I played my music. I played a couple covers. I don't know what covers I played, but played a bunch of the stuff off my latest record. And that was, it was really cool because it was a different appreciation. I wasn't trying to, you know, be something that I wasn't up on that stage because that that's so easy to do. You know, you're not, the rap and country crowd have mixed more recently, but at, at this time it happened, not really. So, you know, it was kind of two different crowds and, we had some country people there, some rap people there, and it was cool because everyone appreciated the music, which was just an awesome feeling all the way around. But that was definitely really cool. Uh, you know, kind of that, and that's something too that I really enjoy is that I don't come from necessarily a strictly country background or a strictly rock or a strictly pop. So to have some different influences and different experiences across the board was something that I really value in my music. I mean, if you listen to that record we put out, there, there's like some hard rock stuff on there. There's some straight up country stuff on there. And there's some like pop stuff. It's a whole, it's a conglomerate of stuff. And that was again, very intentional, but uh, that was definitely a really cool experience. Not one that I ever thought was going to happen. You know, if you had told me that one of the, my first opening gigs would be for Wiz Khalifa and the first cut I ever have is with Amy Stewart who wrote Knock on Wood in the seventies, I'd tell you you're lying, but you know, it's just, it's all incredible opportunities all the way around. And I've really enjoyed, you know, having that kind of diverse, you know, just 
options all around the community and people that I get to work with. It's been really, really cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate that you talked about the authenticity of that because it's very easy, um, you know, being in comedy, sometimes I, you know, and I've been guilty of it where you'll try to walk into a room and you want to relate to people and you want people to understand you, but just kind of, I, I hate to use the cliche, like being yourself, but just like doing that and having people see what uh, your artistry is and what you want to bring to the table, you know, even if it's a crowd you're not necessarily familiar with, you become familiar on a different level of familiarity. So I really respect you for always trying out something new and having a variety of music genres in your, you know, different artistry and choreography of your music. Uh, what I'll ask you though, you know, you speaking of variety, you know, you were born in Virginia, you were raised in Maryland. Uh, now you're on this big move to Nashville. Uh, what made you decide once you graduated from college or like, I'm making the move to Nashville, this is the time for me to go? Yeah, I mean, the, the cool part was I had always been, in the back of my mind, it's always been there. Um, but the plan originally was to go to law school. So I'm at Wake Forest. Uh, I had all the basically, you know, a pre-law track, whatever, communication major. We feed into a lot of law schools. I was like, this is for me. This is what I want to do. I took a law internship in the music industry, and they asked me to memorize parts of the Copyright Act. And I went home, and I said, I, I can't do this. Are you kidding me? This is awful. I, I, I don't like reading to begin with. What part of me ever wanted to be a lawyer? <laughs> After literally day one of the internship, I went up to my boss, and I was like, listen, I hate to be that guy and I'm so sorry. I don't like this. I don't want to spend a summer doing this. And and he said, that's all right. And he goes, we didn't think you were lawyer material anyway. Let's let's find you something else. Said, all right, so he let me stay on. And the ironic part is now I still work for them in a production setting. So I, I help out with a lot of their production for their record label and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the move to Nashville was inspired that there were a, a few guys uh, that had invited me down to Nashville. And I remember sitting out at Dark Horse Studios, which is Dolly Parton Studio in Franklin, Tennessee, um, and I was sitting on this couch overlooking this just beautiful like farm. And it was a picture perfect June day. It was like June 9th or something like that. And I remember sitting there very vividly being like, all right, this, this is happening. This is for me. Um, and just having kind of experiences like that, where you're like, this is, this is where you need to be to make it. Uh, because that's the hardest thing. It's like, you know, there's everyone's good in Nashville everyone's good and the worst person in nashville is still good like that's what people don't get is like you walk into a mcdonald's and you'll see some guy standing there who's probably a better singer than you and that it takes a lot to realize because i came from a baltimore market where i kind of was raised and in, in music particularly because i was gigging every day for pretty much six and a half seven years there and i was playing over a thousand live shows there so i got so used to being you know one of three country guys in baltimore and that's kind of what my shtick was for a while. And it just started to happen that way. And, and after a while, I was like, well, I, I want to keep going up, but I don't know where to go from here. Um, so the, the move, obviously, there was Nashville because that's where country music is. And that's where the best of the best are. And I'm really excited. It's going to be great. And beginning of June, I'm going to move down there. and We're getting some you know, shows and festivals together right now. But it's just it's, it's a big and scary move, I will say, you know, trying to uplift myself all the way halfway across the country again after I did it once already for college. You know, it just takes a lot of logistical uh, things to do. So I'm very appreciative of my team for that. But, you know, I, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun, and I have so much to look forward to down there, and it's going to be great, but you just got to be there. I mean, that's the big thing. You, you can't, you know, you'll walk into a bar, and you'll see all these different people. I walked into a bar three months ago and was hanging out for Brett Young with Brett Young right after the show. So it's stuff like that where you're like, you can't do that 
really anywhere else. You know, I would not have had that experience with Brett if I'm sitting on my couch in North Carolina, right? So it's it's situations like that where you never know who you're going to bump into. I've bumped into more artists and writers standing at the urinal in the bathroom, in the men's room, uh, than anywhere else. And it's the funniest thing in the world, but then you get talking for a little while. Oh, I'm a writer. I'm a song, I'm a singer, whatever. And then you're writing together. But it, it's the funniest thing in the world. But you just got to be there. And that's the reason for the move down there is so I can hopefully make it in this crazy industry. And, you know, I just cannot wait to be there full time. Oh, I am so excited for you. And that it, it's so true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Like it's it's so true that, you know, especially in, you know, the entertainment industry and really specifically in the music industry, you really have to be present just because it's just like what you said. There's so many networking and uh, so many networking uh, moments. That's what I'm trying to say here, where you're just standing or you're sitting next to someone. It's the same thing like in New York or L.A. or Chicago. Uh, but I know Nashville is definitely the hub for country. So we just can't wait to see what's next in the career of Mark Taylor. I can't wait. <laughs> so I did too, for the record. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Which speaking of, you know, what's next, I know you're moving to Nashville, but what should, you know, our listeners and viewers expect from, uh, you know, any future projects or touring or anything coming up that you think we should know about? Yeah, you know, we're getting lots of tour dates on the books right now, kind of all over the country, which is going to be really exciting. Uh, you know, it'll take a little bit of time for me to kind of get fully situated in Nashville. So there's a couple of things like, where am I going to live? Like, we're still trying to, we're getting all that stuff squared away. Um, but <clears throat> lots of new music. We are writing, my, my, my writers and my, every, everyone's been writing every freaking day and it's awesome. And we got a lot of really, really cool stuff coming. Um, trying to think of what else I can share. Uh, we got a ton of new music, not, not in the immediate future, but down the line a little bit. A lot of really fun writes, a lot of really fun shows too. Um, hopefully a couple festivals in there. Definitely some tour dates, uh, especially if you're listening in the, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, Maryland, uh, Delaware, Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina area like that, I'll, you'll be seeing me at some point. So it's, it's just going to be hitting the ground running. I mean, trying to write as absolutely as much as I can and you know, on the weekends, I'll be on trips kind of out of Nashville doing doing my thing on tour. Uh, and, you know, with the band, I'm, I'm just so excited for that. It's going to be it's going to be fun. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's a really exciting time to be in Nashville. You know, every it seems like everyone and their mother is moving there. So it's uh, a thriving place. Uh, the rent is a thing. And that's definitely something that because everyone's moving there, the rent is a thing. Um, but no, I mean, other than that, it's, it's, it's the perfect place to be. And I just can't wait to be down there full time, but lots of fun stuff. Lots of stay tuned to the Instagram though. That's where you'll find all that fun stuff. Absolutely. Can we pop up Mark's Instagram handle real quick? All right. For those who are watching on YouTube or on Facebook, it is at Mark underscore acoustic. And then, of course, you can always visit Mark's website, marktaylorofficial.net. Uh, I just read everything about him, saw all his music, hit some favorites on Spotify. Give this man, you know, just some love here. Uh, the last thing I'll ask you um, you know, we always ask everybody at the end of the episode, what like casual advice would you give, uh, which I really would love to know, uh, what is some casual advice maybe you would give yourself, uh, that you maybe know now that you didn't know back then. I know, like you said, you know, I'm 22, I still have to see things, that, but I feel like I, you're a very mature 22 year old, um, you're very worldly. You've got a lot, you know, going for you. Uh, but what would you maybe tell yourself pursuing the music industry that you know now that maybe you didn't know then? 
There was a writer, and every time I have to figure out who told me this because there's like three guys that I think it was, and I can never remember who actually said it. I want to say it was Matt Roy. I don't know that to be certain, but he wrote Done for Chris Jansen, a couple of Cain Brown songs. He's done very well for himself. But he was the one, we were having coffee one day, and I think it's him. But he, uh, he, he looked over at me and he said, you know, you what you absolutely need to do is keep your head straight. He goes, you're going to think it's a race. And if you are turning your head left and turning your head right, the camera's switched, so I don't know which way I'm actually going. But left and right, whatever way the camera is oriented, you know, you're going to get distracted and someone's going to pull in front of you. And that's the big thing for me was for a while I was trying to be other things. I was trying to be the next so-and-so. I was trying to do this, trying to do that, whatever. But when the art got good for me is when I started being myself the most. And I know we had already talked about this, but like, you know, just if you keep driving straight, you're going to get there. We get so distracted. Oh, what's so-and-so doing on TikTok? How many views monthly does so-and-so have? Or like, you know, how many monthly Spotify listeners, whatever. Like, yes, that stuff matters a little bit, but at the end of the day, we're in this for the long haul. Nashville's a 10-year town. It doesn't happen on day one. It doesn't happen on day two. It doesn't happen on day 102, whatever. Like that's, you know, for me, and that, that's what I would probably tell even myself a year ago, because it's, it's a crazy town. Jason Aldean's crazy town full of neon dreams. Like that's, it's so true. And it's just, you have to be willing to keep your head straight and not get distracted by what's going on around you. And it is the hardest thing to do, but... I ain't saying I'm that good at it either, but what I am saying that I try to practice that every day, and that's the casual advice I will give to all of you. Stay in oh, your I lane. love that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? I think we lost that last part. You said stay in your okay. lane, and then what was the... <laughs> you know, keep staying in that lane and just keep driving forward, and you will get to where you want to be. Absolutely. I, I definitely have the same advice. My mom is originally from Queens, New York. And, you know, growing up, you know, and being in theater was kind of the same thing. My mom's like, be like one of the horses that's in Central Park. It's got the blinders on and it's just looking straight ahead. And that's exactly what you need to do. And uh, rather than being somebody else, you're the first Mark Taylor, official.net. We should all look that up. So. <laughs> There we go. Oh, yes, Mark, this is, I know you've got to go, but this has been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much for sitting and taking the time out to talk to me. Thanks for having me on. This is so much fun. I can't wait to see what other episodes, what other fun people you bring on here. It's been such a pleasure. I cannot. Oh, no, thank you so much. Uh, just make sure, again, to follow at Mark underscore acoustic. Uh, make sure that you look up all his music. I was streaming it on Spotify today. And of course, always make sure that you follow at the Casually Molly podcast. Uh, just make sure you listen to all the episodes, share it, share Mark's episode, just because we're going to play his song, Buzzed on a Boat, in just a second. Uh, but what we always say now that our episode is casually ended, uh, Mark, what are you going to casually do now, now that we've ended our interview i get to go write a casual paper for a casual final i have tomorrow so that's going to be very fun my last my last college final slash presentation is at 11 a.m so i am so excited to go sit with my group and write a 10-page paper tonight cannot wait all right and on that note everybody thank you <laughs> thank you so much we're gonna let mark write his paper so he can pass and get to nashville and for all of us we're going to listen to Buzz on a Boat. Let's do this. Bye, Mark. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much.
Margaritaville blasting through the cracking speakers. Cold but light dripping in my hand. Got the girls going crazy when I rev the engine. Damn, I wish the time on the water wouldn't ever end. Shades on, looking down at my own reflection. Fits to the left and to the right is all we see. Sun beating down harder than I've ever seen it. Someone come on over, shotgun, and be with me. I'm first on the boat, out on the water, drinking all day. Take us from home. Wind in my face, how I miss this place. I hope it never ends. We'll be swimming with the fishers after one more drink. We gotta keep moving so we keep from sinking. At the sun of a sailor, I think it's fair to say. Let's crack open a cold. With the band, come on. The tide's coming, my mind's going out. 